Hello and welcome to For the Emperor. I am your host Richard and I am joined this week by James Hello. and Stuart. Hello. And today we are talking about Orcs. Finally, Codex was released. Yep, Codex Orc came out after a long, long wait. And we now have had a chance to go through it, get our thoughts and opinions. So let's get straight into it. Initial reactions to the Codex, Stuart. It looks good. It looks like they've, it's a good round Codex. I don't really know regards to the major concerns Orc players had, but obviously now they've got all the sort of stratagems, they've got the cultures, they've got warlock It's far beyond what they had in chapter from this time last year so it looks like a, a good all-round book Jimbo? yeah so i'm like stu uh, i played a little bit of orc um in the the previous edition um not particularly much i wasn't a, an orc player but the biggest concern i think most of the orc players had was that it wasn't up to scratch with everybody else in the edition and a lot of what was in the previous editions was just um, kind of uh, more of a, a joke kind of army where it wasn't particularly taken seriously. Um, so there was a lot of things that killed your own guy without any real major benefit on any other side of it. So I think that's uh, what the biggest issue was. I disagree with that. I think some of the things that the, the orc had in the last book was quite flavour context, like the, the lucky stick. If you you got three rolls, and it was only if you failed three in a row, you were completely removed from play. It wasn't like a wound or anything like that. You were just removed. But it gave you, if you were wearing mega armour, you were almost invincible to small arms fire. And the shock attack gun has lost a lot of its flavour in the new codex. The new, the new codex just has a 2d6 strength mechanic. The old one had fancy results in all the doubles. So I, I if anything, I would say, with, with the comments you made, I would make maybe say that the, the new book while it's maybe normalised a lot of orc stuff, it's taken away some of the the fun from playing orc, I think some of the random events. Yeah, but again the, the random events were detrimental in the game. Every other army was guaranteed if you roll X, something good's going to happen, whereas with orc if you roll X, something bad is probably going to happen. Um, they were almost close to chaos demons in that kind of sense, um, with regards to some of the randomness of it. So I think that is now being curtailed. Um, so you have the, the fluff uh, and the flavour along with an actual viable army. The way that I'm understanding it from both your point of views, James, as a player of Orcs, you didn't like to have that randomness and instability, or you know, there's always that tension of like high risk, high reward. Whereas now, it seems that what you're saying, they've brought it in more in line to be like the other codexes that have been released. But equally, it's lost that sort of orchidous flavour and orcs have become a little bit more generic. I don't think that's fair to say. Um, I think the flavour has shifted rather than being taken away as such. Um, I still think the, the, the 8th edition codex is quite flavourful um, without the overabundance of randomness um, that potentially kills your own guys every you know, third roll. So I think that's the the advantage to the new codex that way, where it allows players to make a roll without worrying about half their army disappearing because of the result of it. I, I do think that codex work has been normalised to the could say the same sort of risk reward. You don't have the same sort of guns that if you fire them, there's a chance you're going to open up a vortex in them. Uh, the the you still have guns that, for lack of a better term, get hot. You still have 
particular weapons, if you roll a one to hit, it will cause a mortal wound. And that mechanic, almost every army has it. The, the, the one for me was the shock attack gun. The, the, the shock attack gun was, for me, the, the quintessential orc weapon. On a dub, roll of double one, just blew up. On a roll of double six, you opened up a vortex on the target, which was like a, it was a destroyer weapon, just caused tons of wounds. And, and, and an agent that didn't have mortal wounds, it, it could potentially cause stacks. Absolutely stacks. And in addition, it didn't have multiple wound weapons. So I do think that there is a degree of flavour to orcs still. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're not. It's not like you're not playing marines with green skin. You are still playing orc. You, you know, your um, storm boys. If they advance, everybody has to roll a dice and roll a one. A storm boy takes a mortal wound because they're overcharging their jump packs, which are more or less just rockets tied to their back. There is still flavour there, but some of the yeah, some of the more comical things that orc would have going for them have been taken away, and it's it's now more normalised. You're never going to act fire your shock attack gun and end up in close combat with the guy you're aiming at. But at the same time, you're never going to get that double double six and open up a vortex and suck that guy and his whole squad into the warp. It, it, it's, it's come and go. I think that there's there, there, there is an edged orc. I think that, that that random fun has been lost. But that doesn't mean in any way that the orc that currently play. You know, I still think it's a very good codex. Orc are very powerful. They are good, and there's a lot of nasty tricks going around with the codex. So. What are some of the things that you like about the new codex, having read through it, Stuart? Well, the cultures, for one, I always come back to having played Warhammer for many moons. It used to really, really jade me that there was more difference in some editions between, I think it was the second and third companies of Imperial Fist compared to the Iron Warriors or the Night Lords or the, you know, two clans. In fact, clans didn't even exist. You were just Eldar were Eldar, Dark Eldar, Dark Eldar, Tyranid, Tyranid. There was no difference in the sub-factions apart from if you were playing one of the Space Marine, one of the Space Marine factions and then you got all the special snowflake treatment. The, the fact that cultures are back and it's all the clans that we know from back in second edition, the Goth, the Evil Sun, Death Skull, Steak Bite, Blood Axe, you know, I've probably missed a few. All the clans are back. They've all got their own warlord traits. You know that that level of flavor is back, and that's that's great to see. It's really nice that in this edition, one of the things I love the most about this edition is every army is getting various sub factions. James, as an orc player on a part-time basis, what of the new cultures strikes your fancy the most? Most of them are actually quite good. Um, the 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 one that kind of jumps out at, at people seems to be the, the Death Skulls, Lucky Bullets culture, where you, you can re-roll single hit rolls, wound rolls, damage rolls every time a unit shoots or fights. Plus, they also get the objective secured. This is our Zogoth ability uh, through there, so that's the, the, the one that kind of jumps out. Don't there are the, um, Don't forget the six up and vulnerable in every unit as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they get a uh, going on, but they're not the, the only ones. Uh, Blood Axes, for example, they get cover. Whether they're in cover or not, they just, you know, sit around and, and make sure that they get first attack uh, through people where they get the, they can shoot and charge even if they, they fall back kind of thing. So it, it, there's a lot of benefits for, for each of them. We could go through every single one of them, but you know, I don't think we've got the, the, all the time in the world to do that. But they, they all have, have that little tiny extra bit that, that makes them unique and, and makes them worthwhile playing, uh, especially if you have the army to start with and won't 
an actual rule to, to kind of play them as they're supposed to be in the fluff. To highlight the Death Skulls Lucky Blue Gits, I didn't realise it until I read it on a forum and then it really leaped out at me. So as, as James mentioned, every model gets a 6-up and vulnerable. Every unit can make a single reroll on hit, on wound and on damage. And they're dog off um, for all infantry, but focusing on the first two, the invulnerable and the reroll, when you compare that to Space Marines, the Iron Hand Space Marine chapter all get a six up invulnerable, and the Blitzers all get a single reroll per unit for shoot for a single hit roll and a single wind roll. The Lucky Blue Gits with Death Skulls kind of combines the Salamanders, the Iron Hand, the general chapter, uh, the general army trait for the custodians, you know, in that they, their infantry can hold objectives. Those three things are, are each tasty. Uh, you know, the Salamanders and Iron Hand are, are, are living with just a single part of it, and the Lucky Blue Gits, the Death Skulls get all three of those abilities combined into one, which, which seems to be amazing. I, th- I think if I was to start an orc army, I would be going for that or the badman for the uh, rerolls on the hits of of, uh, of one. But, but the, the Death Skull would definitely be a, a, good, a high contender. Do you see this as being something that's going to clog up games? If I remember correctly, orcs compared to space marines, which we're using our sort, which we'll use as our baseline for costs, are cheaper. Is that correct? Still? Yes. So you're talking about Quite a number of units, each getting an invulnerable save, and if I'm understanding correctly, the ability to re-roll, to shoot, to wound, to hit, and everything. It's single re-roll. So if you take your orc of, you know, ten shooter boys with shooters, you roll twenty dice, you're, you're, you're gonna say, well those fives and sixes hit, there's the ones that didn't, and you can just re-roll one of them. It's not a, a long, you know, a, a, a in-depth, you know, re-roll and everything of a certain mechanic or a certain, you know, so many re-rolls. It's just one dice, and they are six up and vulnerable. All orcs have, well, basic orcs have a six up save. It just means even if you hit them with a, you know, anything from a bolt rifle to a las cannon, you know, anything with a minus on it, every orc will still get their six up save. It's not switched to a, a better save for certain situations. It's just that peace of mind of saying, regardless of what hits me, I'm going to get a six up save. Obviously, you've got the um, mega armor, which is a two up, and your modifiers are going to kick in. But at the end of the day, it's never going to get worse than a six up. Yeah, talking about the rerolls. So if you had ten orc and six of them hit and four of them missed, and you used this reroll, you would just roll one dice for the four that missed. Correct. It's a single reroll to hit and a single to wound. We're going to get bogged down with rerolling another, you know, a second handful of dice. So is there any other any other ones apart from those two that you mentioned that kind of stick out as the, the to round out the top three for cultures? The offs, the get the the extra attacks from Daka 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 but on their melee attacks, so they make, uh, sorry, if they roll a six, uh, for an attack, they get an extra attack to then carry on from there, uh, while they also get the, the Daka Daka. Who was that? Uh, the Goths. Right. Uh, so Daka 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 is, when you roll a six to hit for shooting, you get another attack, uh, with that weapon. Yeah. Uh, the Goths get that for close combat, basically. Sure. I like the Badman uh, trait, Arm to the Teeth. Uh, you get to re-roll attacks of a... What? hit rolls of a 1 in the shooting phase. Obviously that's far more leading towards a shooting army, but as you pointed out, Orc roll tons of dice in the shooting phase. There's always going to be 1s in there, so it's nice to get extra rerolls. You're still going for the for the 5 up. I think the other one that James mentioned was the Blood Axe trait tactics. That 
that is again really nice. That's really nice. The fact that every unit gains the cover benefit as long as it's outside 18 inches, the cover benefit is a plus one to your saving throw. So, like I mentioned before, orc have a flat. Well, orc have a flat six up save. That means you're on a five up save, putting them equal to guardians and guardsmen. Your heavier troops will get more save. But also, it's to point out, it's not just infantry. It's also things like your killicans and your deathbeds would all get the plus one to their cover save. So that's really nice. Quite powerful. Okay. So those are the cultures is the big main thing from this new codex that you're both big thumbs up on. So what else were some of the bigger surprises for you? Uh, so pretty much army wide. The costs have been much, much lower with one of our friends who I think went down to Nottingham just to had a, a match which was 50 per level. It was uh, closer to 150. 150. And 120, I think it was, yeah. And apparently he went down and faced off against one of our elements. When he came back up and checked new codex, he was... Was it 20 per level off? Like under? Yeah. He, he pointed up an equal point, uh, you know, we'll call it 120 per level game. They played, he lost. After the game, the weekend after the codex came out, he repointed his army up. I think actually what happened was Battlescribe updated and the point level that he played was only 100. So the other guy he played against had a Codex Army of Custodians for 120 power level and Bob, or player, was playing 100 power level of work and he's pretty confident if it had an extra 20 power level he would have um, turned it or at least, you know, stood up to a better fight. We've also got the, the army-wide rules such as the, the cultures as well which are a huge benefit. But was that really a surprise given the layout of prior codexes and how everyone else was getting it? The thing is, not everybody else got that. So, Death Guards don't get it. Green Knights don't get it. Space Wolves don't get it. Blood Angels don't get it. Dark Angels don't get it. Custodians don't get it. You know, there, there's a few armies that just don't get it. Now, fair enough. Those are all unique Marines in their own, but... Yeah, I was going to say that the fact that they get a whole codex kind of signifies, you know, they're special enough. True, but, you know, there, there is the, the precedent of people not getting it, so it's not one of those things where it was a guarantee, it was expected, but I don't think it was a, a guarantee, uh, so it was just nice to, to see them and to see the fact that they are useful, they're not just, you know, phoning it in, as it were. Uh, they actually have reasonable game-affecting rules that will actually benefit the armies. How about for cost in that? I've stated previously how... To my recollection, orcs were always cheaper than space marines. What were you sort of, uh, what sort of bag for bucket you, bag for your bucket you getting with an orc in regards to a space marine? A standard orc boy is within, with no war gear, seven points. Oh! I think a standard space marine is fourteen. Something like that, yeah. So, the chances are a chopper and shooter, well, sorry, a chopper and slugger, probably a shooter as well. The basic orc weapons are all, they're going to be zero points. So a basic orc squad with choppers and sluggers, ten guys, seventy points. A space marine equivalent would be like a five-man squad with maybe a, maybe a bit of gear. I'm not too sure, but yeah, it's about five-man team. So obviously, space marines have a better chance to hit. They're just as tough and strong as orc. The the old initiative stats gone, so it's a question of who charges who and whose turn it is to fight regarding close combat. And space marines have a far far 
far, 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 far better save. But you are talking about Space Marines being outnumbered pretty much two to one against the Orcs. Yeah, weight of fire is a, a dangerous thing. I mean, the, if the Orc had, and this is obviously ridiculous, but if the Orc had accuracy, like if the Orcs were hitting on fours, or God forbid threes, the Orc would be the single strongest army in the game because they come in large numbers, because they're so cheap, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, obviously that's all factored into the balancing mechanic. But one of the things you need to remember with Orc is, is their, their shooting is absolutely dire. They are the worst shot for shot the, the worst accuracy in the whole game of Warhammer. That's made up with the fact of they have all the guns in the known world and every gun they fire is a strong gun. You know, the, the, the orc guns are not light. They're not uh, las guns. They're not strength threes. They're on average strength fours and upward strength fours, strength fives. You know, that they, they are quite brutal. The balancing factor with orc is, is they can't hit the broadside of a barn unless there's 50 of them and then you'll get a couple of hits. What are some of the so those are the sort of surprises from it. Biggest disappointments, like stuff that you turned through rumours and what you were expecting then based on what you actually got. Is there anything that you came away from slightly discouraged or disappointed with in regards to specific units or just rules that you maybe got a hit? I heard you'd heard all of it, but it came out and you actually read it. It's like it's not as good as what I'd hoped or dreamt. As I've said before, um, the, the, for me the biggest letdown, not the biggest letdown, but the the the, the GW's PR team have been really, really on the ball ever since they, they revamped and really ever since 8th edition came out. They hyped up October as October. They they made it sound like it was going to be a month of work and what you got was near the end of the month the release of Speed Freaks as a boxed individual game and the pre-order Codex Orc was the first weekend in November or the yeah or the last very last one in the world first in November it was right near the end or if not just after so as an Orc player you know you were expecting maybe a bit more you were you know you were probably hoping for maybe a few more units but again it, it follows the same pattern that they've done with all the the latest codexes where unless it's a brand new army like Death Guard, Primaris Marines, something like that, all you're really getting, if you're lucky, is if there, there's been multiple armies that have came out since the release of 8th that didn't get any new units at all or, or, or like a, a, a single clan pack of a already packaged model somewhere else. So the Orc done okay, but I think because of the the, the hype around uh, Orctober and um, and there was a few bloody photoshop, uh, bloody f- pictures of what people thought was a prime work. And I think people maybe thought we were going to get a prime work coming out of this edition. But nothing like that happened. But apart from a few buggies, which really have just replaced one unit, now replaced with about three or four, the orc didn't really get anything new. Such- it would be fair to say that the reason the buggies, the buggies have been expanded is more to do with speed freaks. I would say so. I think uh, for this particular codex, uh, with the the new units being all the new buggies, there seems to be a, a fairly large focus on the Cult of Speed, rather than the rest of the Orc forces. So it does kind of focus on the that sort of fast attack, getting your units into the, the battle, rather than anything else. That, I think, is, is probably the, the biggest kind of disappointment, I guess. Um, and while I say biggest disappointment, it's not really a disappointment as such. It's great for the people that, that play Kilter Speed. It doesn't take away from the other stuff in the army. Everything has has had its its place and has been balanced into the game well enough that there, there doesn't, from you know, my limited play of Orcs, there doesn't seem to be anything that's just flat out, why have you even kept that in, why is that around kind of thing. 
So while it is a disappointment to, to not have the, the frameworks, to not have a, a new Gaskell model or new models for existing units, the fact that they've got new units at all is, is definitely a, a, a sort of bonus. It's just not the, the thing that a lot of people were looking for um, at the time. I suppose it only really, I mean, does it only really benefit the speed freaks sort of players like the, the speed clan? I don't think it only benefits them, but it is a, a, a huge benefit to them. So that's pretty much how I see it at the moment. So you talked about how we got these new models for the buggies. How do they stack up against some of the newer models that have come out? And is it really going to look obvious when you've got your, okay, Gasco Fracaf might be a bit unfair since he's been around for a while, but sort of the, are you going to notice the distinction in detail between these new models for the buggies versus your, the rest of your army? Uh, I think for the Orc players, um, a lot of Orc players do kit bash their own stuff. Anyway, I don't think it's going to be as noticeable as it could be. Uh, so the, 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 the buggies themselves seem to have a lot more detail in them, but that's largely because there's more grots hanging off the back of buggies or more orc sitting in the buggies rather than a orc sitting in the driver's seat and that's pretty much it. And then you maybe get a, a gunner from some of the older models like the trucks and that. So I, I don't think it's going to stand out as, oh my god, why have you still got that old stuff sitting with your new stuff? I think it fits in. It has a slightly different aesthetic, but given that they're meant to be fast vehicles rather than just transports or, you know, the battle wagons, I think that's a reasonable um, step away from, from that side of things without going too far away from what makes Orc Orc. Another great thing about Orc is you were saying that it will only stand out from the, the, the existing model range. If you look at the new stuff the Space Marines got, the Repulsor um, Floaty Primaris tank, that that's like from a different universe, that thing. You know, that you know, compared to your Predators, your Rhinos and your Land Raiders, that thing looks like it's from Command and Conquer or something. That That's completely off the wall. And in a Space Marine army, I don't think I, I don't think that really works, you know. I mean, I've had, I've had this debate with you, you Stuart, before, and obviously James as well, that one of my big issues with the Tau is just aesthetically they don't really fit in with the grit and grimy world of Warhammer. Uh, we've talked about that before, so I can totally understand the point of view Stuart you're making about how it's hard to create something new without it being so out of place. Well, well, that's where I was going with it. The beauty about the Orc is everything's unique. Realistically, if you were a player and you build any two vehicles that look the same, that's almost wrong because the Orc don't build a standard construction template. They they hammer it together to what they think works. So the fact that you have a truck is great, but when you go to build your second truck, you really should be thinking of how they can make it different from the first one because no mech boy would build the same thing the same way twice. He would build the first one, and when he went to build the second one, he'd put an extra wheel on it because that might make it go faster. Or he'd put an engine on the back of it. It doesn't have to be connected to anything, but it's got two engines. It might go faster. And then the folks think it happens. So while I was saying the Space Marine stuff is a bit of an eyesore, I think, stands out. The floating hover tank, I don't think, works. As far as your go, as long as it's painted the same way, it's the same high-quality kit, it's the same really detailed um, models, I think I think it's good. Yeah, generally, as long as it looks like it's been kit-bashed, generally, that's okay. Yeah, I'm actually just looking at pictures of this hover tank right now. It doesn't look too... Just a lot of guns. Yeah, it, it's it's the Primaris method of fixing anything, put more guns on it. It doesn't look too out of place, but yeah, I can see your point. Yeah, it, it, 
uh, you can you can tell it's like a slimmed down Land Raider that someone stuck onto two or three land speeders. You know, it's and then they've put a sort of a a, a modified maybe you know last edition Predator turret on top of it and went there we go. It's a tank. They've established in the fluff that they used to say that the Imperium had lost anti-gravity technology apart from land speeders, and that was it. But obviously, with the custodians coming back with everything, they touch hovers. Um, the you know the, the Primaris have this new fancy fangled tank. I'm not going to touch on the thing about we're going off topic on the Primaris again, but we're not going to bother about touching on the fact of how space marines can't fit in a Primaris tank because apparently it's too big for them. But yeah, the, I don't think the Primaris tank. If you're running a pure Primaris army. I guess so, but if you're running a normal army, then you turn up with a, a hover tank. I think it's kind of a sta- again, kind of stands out. Yeah, it's very a bit of gear right, a bit of gear right. But anyway, back to Orc. Is there any models that kind of stand out for you, or anything that you saw that you were interested? That you thought was quite nice for your own personal aesthetic that you quite like, or the new one released? I think they're they're very nice models, but I don't think they're anything that, that kind of makes me want to buy them. Personally, they don't fit with my view of, of my orc force. Um, I've got two trucks, one of which is the, the Forge World enclosed cabin, and they're very kind of boxy, and I kind of like that for my orc force. So having a, a, a drag racer sitting in amongst all that, for me, it just doesn't kind of fit. It's not that it's a bad model, it's not that it doesn't fit in other forces, just not in the aesthetic to, to mine. So for me, nothing's none of the new stuff is kind of catching me to the point where I want to go out and pick it up. I like the Rocker Trucks Wig Buggy. It's kind of it kind of looks like a I don't know a four by four or a, a pickup truck. I like that kind of look. That looks quite cool. But it, it looks like a Pokemon bus. You gotta catch up, catch them all. I don't even know what that looks like. But what I would say is, and this is my problem with the new orc stuff game wise they're not exactly tough i mean they're, they're designed to be you know they're they're, they're like your land speeders you know they're, they're not chimera or um, razorback equivalents they, they are not battle tanks so toughness wise they are five six, sixes i'm guessing i'm not looking at the rules but i'm guessing they're sixes maybe five sixes let's say um their armor's probably four up you know they, they are not designed to take sustained damage so it's not designed to take them out a massive amount of hits. It's designed as it looks. It's a buggy, you know. It, it's it's a it's a car. My problem is really you need two or three of these things on the board, you know, to work together. Otherwise, you know, two or three plucky space minis with a pair of auto cannons are just going to pick it off the board in one or two turns. But the price of the kit for this new unit is like it, it, it's it's for the same amount of money you could go and buy yourself a second death dread probably with chain, or you could buy um one of the big truck things, you know, the what do you call them? The 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 big armoured enclosed mobile truck the battle wagon battle wagon you could probably get yourself a battle wagon or at least for the cost of two of these new fancy fangled buggies buy yourself a battle wagon and I'm pretty sure a battle wagon will have more use to you in the game than two of the of the fancy new buggies I'm not saying that the models aren't really nice they, they're, they're excellent but because they are the new models they're the price on them I think it's like to, to 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 play them with the amount of, with the amount of them you would need. I think you're talking about spending a lot more money than buying some of the the older um, edition stuff, which obviously has you know new up to date rules. But you'll get more bang for your buck on the onto the table doing it that way. Yeah, I mean I think the, the unfortunate part of of being a new model is they're getting sold as individual models, and it's about thirty quid. Um, plus for for each of them when you're kind of having to run three of them. 
as a as a sort of base squad to get any kind of real impact in the game. That's ninety quid for one unit. It it becomes a bit of a hit from that kind of side of things. If you've got the money, fantastic. Um, well, you say that, James, if you've got the money, right? But if you had the money, are these worth it? Is it worth spending? If you've got your, if you've got a hundred a hundred pound and you can spend ninety quid on three models for your army, is it worth the ninety quid investment? Are you going to get ninety quid's worth out, you know, ninety quid's worth back on the board for this, or is it just, you know, this is just an arbitrary price? Okay, if we're talking about the prices and stuff, the models, like James said, are about thirty pound or twenty twenty seven pound for fifty pence more because of twenty seven pound fifty. You can get three kilocans, which are the the grots in dreadnoughts, and that's a pack of three kilocans. Uh, the thing that I was looking at, the um, battle wagon, the battle wagon is a is forty six pound. So you could get one battle wagon for the cost of two um two of the new buggies with change but and this is the big one you were saying james you can get three of them for about 90 pound yeah if you're willing to spend 90 pound why not spend 70 pound and buy yourself a stomper which is what what's you know it's their sort of warhound equivalent or you know it's not a equivalent to a warhound but it's their equivalent to a warhound it's the smallest titan they have yeah so personally i would rather buy a stomper or get myself a battle wagon and you know change what's a change yeah i mean it largely depends on why you'd be picking them up to start with um if you're just a collector if you're a, a hobbyist then you're probably going to pick up one maybe two and they're excellent models. Yeah, they are fantastic models. The, the rules, you know, for for what the model is, for what it represents, the rules are fine. They're they're not, you know, fantastically. Oh my god, these are must haves. But they're at the same point, I don't think they're. Oh my god, why are they even? You know, put these in, but between the the cost in game and the cost in real life, it just doesn't quite match up, really, uh, realistically. So I think that for for a lot of people will be a bit of a, a a barrier to getting the, the models and, and actually making use of them. That being said, Speed Freaks came out, you get a game, you get some models with the game, suddenly you have these models and it, it kind of works out a bit cheaper and you get another game. Yeah, the, the cynical part of me was wondering if it would be cheaper for you to get Speed Freaks, so that's the sort of way around it. Like by speed fakes you get maybe a little bit of a discount plus you get this new game box from them. You you do get you do get a good discount buying through speed freaks. And if you were starting an orc um uh, starting an orc speed boys speed. army, cult of speed type army, that's that's obviously an excellent way to start it. Yeah, you, you know, you, you can't argue with that. But you still need your three trip choices to get the battalion off uh, on, on the table. That means a minimum of 30 boys. And from what I've seen from games I've played with Orc, a squad of 30, sorry, a squad of 10 boys will die quite quick. They don't have the numbers, they don't have the, the morale shake factor from a large group of them. Their armor, as we've talked about before, isn't designed to soak up a of firepower. What soaks up firepower in an orc army is the boy standing in front of you, not the, you know your plucky t-shirt. So if you're running a speed freak force with you know 30 Gretchen or whatever it is to to be your your 10 your your three troop choices, they are placeholders at best. Have any of you had a, a look at speed freak or has anyone played it or had any sort of interaction with it where they've got an opinion? 
or is it a report? Is everyone still kind of you know you've read the you've read the sort of rules for it? You've kind of but you've not actually seen it in practice and see how a game played. I've not seen it um, being played. I've not looked into it um, for any real length of time. I like the sort of story behind it, but that's about as as, as close as I've kind of got to it at this point. I assume or mate Bob has looked into it a bit more. But I don't think he's had any real interest in picking it up. I've not looked at it at all. The it's very similar when they released the Battle for Calf or uh, Burning a Prospero uh, box kits. I actually don't know anybody who actually played those games. Like they they came out, people bought them because if you look at the uh, Burn the Betrayal at Calf kit, it was thirty Marines plus Terminators plus a Dreadnought plus a Librarian, uh, a Chaplain, and a Commander for about ninety quid. And at the time. Well, now they, that was the, the Mark IV kits, which up to that point were only available as resin from Forge World, and the, the burning of, no sorry, the Betrayal at Calf and Burning of Prospero kits for the value of them were amazing. I don't know anybody who bought that and actually played the board game. Everyone just bought it for the, to start a new Space Marine Force. As far as the, uh, Speed Freaks kit goes, no. The, the Orc player in our group hasn't even looked at it. That's mostly because it doesn't hit, fit his, fit his aesthetic. He does, um, he has lots of boys. He's just something like 120 boys, which he just throws at you in waves. He has killer cans and things like that, but what he doesn't have is he doesn't, also obviously, this is a good area for him to expand into, but he doesn't have buggies or bikes. He doesn't do that. So I think because he's not made the investment or decided to try that, he's not really been interested in going all in on it. So does this new Speed Freaks game and the emphasis and obviously the new buggies that came out for the models, how does this play into the tactics of Orc? Are they starting to shift Orcs to have a more fast attack? Are they starting to have Orc be a more fast attack army? How? What's the sort of tactics that you've, you've groomed for Orcs? reading through the codex and how how games workshop is imagined they would play, at least in terms of strengths and that you can see where they're sort of shifting you towards playing them in this sort of way. I think a large part of it was the didn't really have a whole lot of fast attack options uh, beforehand, whereas you know Eldar and Tau they kind of have a bit more uh, maneuverability within their armies. So I think it was I think a large part of it may have had something to do with that. Um, get the orcs a little bit more maneuverability so they can get into the the, the close combat and and get any a, a close range for for shooting so that they can get that the, the damage in to to do what the orcs need to do. It's expanded the model range to, to for some fast attack. I, I think it was it came out at the, you know they used speed freaks to come out to expand it to, to advance the story on Vigilus. They used the um, they used the release of this to give the orcs some more units. All the you know the rules came out with the codex. It was it was their release. It was their updated release. It wasn't a bad release, but I don't think that it's pushed the orc. I don't think it's funnel the orc into a fast attack heavy army. They might have more options than they did yesterday, but it just means you've got more things to pick from. Yeah. So how do you feel orcs play then? What is their the tactic? Is it just waves upon waves upon waves? It's just numbers? Getting close and charge. Orc have here we go rule that lets them reroll all the field charges. That's again a very big that's that's very powerful. Much like you would imagine the fluff being for them. The orc tactic is to charge across the battlefield and then run up to you and smash you with a chopper. You're not going to have an orc standing back getting into a shooting fight with you. On reflection, how does how does this stack in terms of the new codexes? How do you where do you feel it ranks? I 
I think, as I said before, I think it's a good codex. Top five? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know enough about the, the, how this is going to affect the overall meta of uh, tournaments. I don't think it's going to dislodge the, the current heavyweight contenders of Imperial Knights. I think the Imperial Knights are still going to be dominant in tournaments for, for the foreseeable future, at least until chapter approved hits, but even then I don't think we're going to see much of a change. Imperial Guard have always seemed to have done well, but are the Orc going to make a big surge and comeback? Possibly. I'll, we'll need to see how uh, tournaments go. I, I do think, I think the Orc, from what I've heard, the Orc were one of the few armies that as the 8th edition release went along and people started getting codexes. The Orc were one of the few armies which seemed to play okay, even as an index force. And given that the codex has if anything, made them a bit cheaper here in various places, giving them additional rules, which, which means they are getting more reroll or getting extra abilities. What we're looking at now is a force that was okay or, or you know, okay enough in index form and has had a series of buffs and benefits thanks to the codex. So yeah, I think we could see a, a definite surge in orcs. I, I could even tell you what the top five are. But I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you if we're going to get into the top five. Triple, how's it been for you? Yeah, I think it's it's been brought up to speed with everything else, and it's also learned from the mistakes of previous codexes in this edition, which for a lot of people kind of looks like power creep. But it, I think it's just Games Workshop understanding that what they've done before wasn't quite working, so they've changed tactic in the the later codexes to allow it to work better later down the line so that there isn't as much of a an imbalance in the the entirety of it. Now the unfortunate thing that, that means is Marines will get a new codex at some point before, you know, the edition's out. But it, it's I don't think it's a bad thing to have that kind of power creep um, over previous editions where it was just power creep for the sake of making making them more powerful so they sold more models kind of thing. Yeah, that's the there's an overall balance being maintained. I, yeah. I do, yeah, I do think that the Orc Codex, there's nothing in the Orc Codex that we've looked at and thought, that's ridiculous. There's nothing well, yeah, in- a, cu- a couple of synergies with psychic powers. Yeah, that, but everybody has something cheeky. Yeah. But there's nothing in the Orc Codex that we've looked at and went, there's no point playing these guys, they're, they're, they're just going to trump, trump you. But there's nothing in the Orc book that makes us sit and look at it and think, that shouldn't be there. The, the way the Orc look like they're going to be handled, look like they're going to be run, looks good. I think from the way I've been reading and the way I'm looking at it, I think it's a good level of balance. But as James mentioned, what you've got now is some of the earlier edition, or earlier release codexes in this edition, some of their codexes, they're almost t- by comparison and it's almost like instead of having all the armies pre-tested and pre-played and then releasing these codexes sequentially as they've went with a set balance level it's almost like they are releasing armies and then they are they are they've even admitted this they're immediately going back and doing epic on the army they've just released because certain things didn't work exactly the way they wanted maybe something's a bit too powerful maybe something doesn't have enough options so they are always adjusting and keeping things on the fly which is good but Certain armies that were released earlier in the, could say it's a power creep, but it's a case of the orc are dialed to 10, which is where they want to be. Some of the earlier armies are maybe dialed to 7 or 8, because they didn't want to go all the way to 10 in case at the start of the game, because you've got to remember as well, at that point, if you turn up with your codex, and this is just an example, but not something I think that's actually you know a 7 or 8, if you turn up as codex Chaos Marine, and I've got a codex, and you're playing your index Eldar, say, 
and I'm going trouse, 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 tactic, 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 warlord trait, stratagem, boom, you're dead off the table in turn one. People would there'd be outrage about it about how their the codexes are so overpowered. I think now is armies are getting their codexes out now. There is scope to have that difference seven and eight is up to nine. It's just unfortunate that some of the armies that first came out or some of the some of the armies that came out earlier are have been dialed to like six or seven just because they didn't want to tip them over the edge. That's a bit unfortunate. It is. But again the the ray of light here is in its current iteration, GW who seem to be a lot better at updating rules. It's it's not like the, the, the days of old where your codex came out and you were you that was your codex for the next five years. They have made constant changes and balance to certain units, even to the even just to the simple point of every year we get the chapter approved and it modifies and tweaks it tweaks points. There's a new chapter approved coming out. We're expecting more point tweaks. So some of the armies that did come out earlier might get a point reduction, you know, across, across the board. So that's that's the one thing that I think is good about the current edition of GW. They are taking feedback. They are modifying things. And if someone, if a codex does have some sort of broken stratagem or broken combination, they are looking at it and they are revising it, which is good, as opposed to just leaving it in for a whole edition and you end up like in 5th edition where Grey Knights just ran away with the whole game or 6th edition where Eldar just ran away with the whole game. In 8th edition, they seem to be keeping on top of it. It's not perfect, but it's much better than it's been. So in conclusion, for two people that don't play Orc, it's a big thumbs up for the Codex. Yeah, and as well, the, the Orc player in our group has been nothing but excited about reading these new stuff. So he's even happy about it. Well, that's cool. And for, in regards to Speed Freaks, it's kind of wait and see how it goes, but it's not it's not a hot topic on anyone's... Anyone that we know, it's not a big thing for them at the minute. Yeah, I don't think that's going to become the the next kill team or Necromunda or anything like that. I don't think that's going to get much in the way of any expansions. They might release some new models, which will get rules for it in the box, maybe. But I don't even see that happening. I'd agree. Okay, so... Wrap up here just quickly. Anything, any news, any sort of rumours or anything that's got you excited beyond the obvious one where we're all kind of frantically waiting for Blackstone Fortress release? Uh, so the Genestore Cult Codex, uh, the rumour for that is that's getting released in February, I believe. Um, apparently the internal rumour that has been reported online is that they put it out to test and it was too powerful, so they've had to t- scale it back, and that's what they're trying to balance at the moment. This has nothing to do with me painting the G-Steel Occult Army at the moment. Yeah. Carry on. Uh, so, it's if true, it's nice that Games Workshop aren't just throwing out armies with that kind of power. They are testing them. You know, there, there is only so much you can test at Within a time frame, so that's why there's there's still the, the the FAQs. But it's nice to know that they're they're taking it back as as far as their likely internal schedule goes, and and revisiting it and, and trying to to balance it so that it fits within the game. Yeah, and, I, I I would agree. The what I'm looking forward to, uh, with the exception of Blackstone Fortress, is the new chapter approved. The new chapter approved should be out. I reckon it's the 16th of December. That should be a Saturday. It should. The, no, sorry, not the 16th, the 15th of December, 15th of December. So I reckon it's going to be 15th of December. It's a Saturday, just before Christmas. I think, I think that's when it's coming out from reading online rumors. Of course, I'm not just blind guessing. The, the, the current suggestion is it's going to have a lot of points reductions for powered armored armies. Now, 
as we've mentioned before, I have three powered armoured armies. One spiky, one... We have four. Three. Or am I forgetting about an entire army? You get your Blood Angel knockoffs, you get your yep. Night Lords, yep. you get your Grey Knights. Yep. You have another one somewhere. Maybe no. not. So, oh. I'm lo- the, the suggestion is powered armour... Uh, units are getting a punch reduction. Uh, it's not a big punch reduction. The, the rumor is about 10%, 15, between 5 and 15%. But that'd be nice to see. I'd like to see powered armor getting adjusted a little bit. There's also suggestion, and I don't know if this is going to be true. This, but the suggestion is named characters are dropping in points a lot. Some people, or one of the online rumors, is suggesting that they're going to get to such a low level. But the question is, is do I take a bog standard, you know, space marine captain with relic and jump pack, or do I take Dante? And we're going to be at the same points level, and that means Dante comes with all these bells and whistles. So the suggestion is, is it's going to be a sort of a no-brainer to take them. It's also going to have rules for the or the codex. The beta release for Sisters of Battle, so that'll be interesting to try out. I think I might be, be trying a few proxy games with Sisters of Battle. And last year's chapter, of, I was really excited for it when it came out. And when it came out, it was kind of a bit of a wet squib. There was there was all the talk about how you could custom build your own land raider, but it was limited to just a few options you could swap in and out. And it was only available in open play. There was rules for sort of a, a drop pod assault or you know orbital strike, planet strike, I guess you'd call it and Stronghold Assault, which was kind of cool because that was like two expansions from last edition that they've kind of shoehorned in. And the, the thing that really made last year's chapter approved worth its worth its weight was because it came out still quite early into the lease schedule or lease cycle of 8th edition, it gave all the armies that didn't have a codex yet uh, a relic, a stratagem to use, and sort of warlord like an trait. army rule, and a, yeah, and a warlord trait. So it gave armies that weren't out yet a bit of bite, a bit of fluff. Again, we're talking about a G Steel Occult. In the in the like the one game I've played with them, one or two games I've played with my G Steel Occult in eighth edition, chapter approved is my codex because they, they don't have a book yet. And they've got a few good things in that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's in this year's chapter approved. Okay, so we'll know that be covering that when it actually comes out. And that wraps us up then. I'd like to thank you two guys for being on here and giving your opinions and thoughts. Thank you, James. You're welcome. Thank you, Stuart. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Any questions or hate mail you wish to send, it's for the Emperor podcast at gmail.com. We'll do our next podcast and I think we're all kind of excited for that one because it's more than likely going to be Blackstone Fortress. Yes, indeed. Okay. Catch you guys later then. Bye, guys. Take Right, catch you later, guys. Bye. When is the next podcast? When? Or, when is the next podcast? Yeah, after two seconds. Okay, catch you guys later again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of saying. Can we? What? I said it the first time. Oh my god! Right, last time.